Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. It's September 4th, Labor Day weekend, and this is episode number 81. Kicking off the second full year of the Tabletop Sportcast. And today we'll be taking an inside look at Baseball Highlights, the dice game. Designed by Mike Fitzgerald and Ian Bach. We'll get into that game and a few other topics in just a few moments. So stick around. So before we get into today's main topic, we're going to do the tabletop recap and... Special one this month, because again, we're moving from August into September, uh, just kicking off the September activity, and August was an interesting month for me. I definitely saw less gaming taking place uh, throughout the month. I touched on this a little bit last week, but uh, I did doing some traveling <clears throat> during the month, and just pulled into like a lot of other events, uh, including the sports world, right? Right now... Um, you know, I'm a big Mets fan, so the Mets are playing well. There's a great pennant race going on with them and the Atlanta Braves, and that has definitely been something that's had my focus. And, you know, Labor Day weekend is just generally like an interesting time in the sports. Uh, you've got football season kicking off. Uh, we got college football started up this weekend. Uh, the pros will kick off next weekend. Uh, baseball pennant races are in full swing. and just it's a great time. I think we're, you know, hockey and basketball are around the corner as well. So, you know, you got those sports getting started. Uh, we'll have the World Cup coming up soon. So there's just a lot of interesting things taking place. Uh, that usually can translate into some really good experiences on the tabletop as well. And, you know, one of the things that I sometimes shy away from a little bit, not intentionally, but uh, is replaying events on the tabletop. And I probably need to think of more of those singular events that I can get to the tabletop from time to time and taking advantage of, you know, playing a game that might be coming up, especially bigger events. And that's something I'm going to look to do more as I do some of my planning as I go forward. And there are some really good opportunities to do things like that. Uh, I know recently... With the release of History Maker Baseball Express, uh, Play Games came out with their in-season set. And um, there's not a lot of places that offer things like that. But, you know, when you have a chance to get an in-season set, it does give you an opportunity sometimes to just sit down and kind of pre-play an upcoming series and check out, like, how the teams are going to fare uh, with, you know, that kind of prediction set a little bit. So... That's an opportunity to, you know, maybe play some of those games out. Uh, certainly could do it in a similar fashion with uh, other games and and take advantage, maybe the matchups, but maybe picking like a historical matchup. Um, you know, maybe you got like two of your favorite football teams are coming up and there's an opportunity to get them on the tabletop. So those are things that I'm going to start to look at adding more as I kind of think about planning my gaming calendar out. One of the things that I noticed this past month was that I really got away from a couple of the 
routines that I use to really keep pace with my gaming. And one of those was my gaming log where uh, I've, I've tried to keep track of it, but I also noticed that I've got like some gaps. Like one of the things that I need to go back and add is some games that I completed while I was like away. And I took a couple games with me on a trip recently and uh, was looking back and I was like, when was the last time I played that? And I was like, I knew when it was, but as I looked in the gaming log, I realized I didn't really log those events in there. Uh, I also haven't really done a good job of maintaining like what I, where I left off. So I'm just going to kind of cover a few things that I've been doing recently. And really this past week, I spent most of my time uh, playing some baseball highlights uh, that we'll be talking about a little bit later. But I did have a couple of other events too. You know, I was able to, as, as August wrapped up, one of the things I needed to kind of do in crunch time at towards the end there was finishing my summer showcase uh, for August. Uh, so for August, I had Demo Derby Smashdown on the table for a short showcase event. Now, earlier this year, I had played uh, like more like a season format. I did 12 events or 12 derbies with Demo Derby Smashdown using the same drivers, track their standings and everything, and realized like, eh, this, it doesn't, while it worked, it wasn't really something that I wanted to do like a season format with again. Uh, so I thought it was going to work really well with a showcase format. Uh, so what I did is I used all 24 drivers that came with the game. And I attempted to have the 12, I split them into two groups of 12. I had a 12 person, a 12 driver derby uh, for my first and second events. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll take the top six from each of those and they'll play in the final event. And then the bottom sixes will combine and they'll play in the third event. So it was going to be kind of like the consolation derby and then the championship derby uh, to finish it out. I ended up with a lot of drivers tied at the end and realized eh, this format didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. Like it was almost too short uh, for the derby. But I, I think four events was probably going to be right. I just had to figure out a better format to do the the derby with. Uh, so like I said, I had four drivers who ended up tied on points. One of those, though, won that championship race, the fourth derby. So I gave them like the overall crown. Uh, but, you know, I think partly because I didn't really play it a lot throughout the month of August. Usually with those showcase events, I like to do about one a week. I did all four of these events in one week, uh, just because that's how my calendar kind of or schedule played out for August. So I think that part made it feel a little short. And then I also just think that the format itself wasn't the right one to utilize. So I'm going to have to think about that the next time I play Demo Derby for a showcase type event, because I still think I'd shy away from doing a season with it, uh, but I'd want to figure out better how to make it work on the tabletop. The other thing that I took advantage of this week was I got a couple of uh, matches in with Face to the Mat, and I've been doing that WAF, uh, the Wrestling America Federation, where I started with the 70s set, and I've been running through my shows and had some really interesting things take place. Like in my fourth show, like in my third show, I actually had my first event where two of the wrestlers left. One of them was uh, Captain Black, who was part of 
like my armed forces stable. It's like the big heel stable. So, and he was also part of the tag team for the armed forces. So he ended up leaving for the rival fed. It was first two wrestlers. He and, um, who was the other guy, Pete Revere, the other one who left for the rival fed. So they're going to be done now. I've I'm done with them for the rest of this time. I've also been able to continue to add free agent wrestlers. So I've actually got more wrestlers than what I started with. And pretty soon I'll be doing kind of a check to see, like, do I add more like a tag team title soon? Do I have more tag teams I have to add? So I'll be looking into that a little bit uh, to kind of regroup on how many wrestlers do I have. It's a lot easier for me to add wrestlers than it is to take them away, which was the idea. Um, and then I'll probably have some events coming up towards the end. That'll be like one of those like loser leave town matches to also eliminate some wrestlers who really aren't kind of cutting it within the Fed. Uh, and then after the 12 events, I'm also going to run through those commissioner edict cards that um, Keith Avalone had made available on the play website. And that'll probably help me turn over the roster a little bit as well. So got through a couple more shows of that. And the interview segments really have helped a couple of wrestlers. And in my last show, uh, one of the female wrestlers, B from the C, really had just a great uh, interview segment where she was able to uh, add a bunch of grudge points and also increase her TV grade just from her uh interview segments. So those are the kinds of things that can really help elevate wrestlers and make some movement happen so that they're set up for future events. <clears throat> and then the most of the rest of the week was just spent playing baseball highlights. Uh, I did play Planet Flipper. Uh, it's a non-sports game, but figured I'd throw that in there. And uh, but other than that, it's been a lot of baseball highlights this past week. So we're, let's get into that in a minute. Uh, I will also tell you that like, within the gaming log, so not only did I struggle to get some of the events in there during the course of the month, I also realized that I have kind of stopped doing my, on my blog posts on my website, I usually had a habit of kind of doing a, reflection at the end of the month. And I haven't done that for the last couple of months. I never, I didn't do it in July and I really didn't do it for August. So I'm, I, you know, this week I'm kind of getting back into that habit again of recapping the previous month and then setting some goals for the next month. And that really does help me kind of reinforce like what it is that I'm trying to do. Cause as I look forward for the rest of this year, I realize that some of my projects are definitely in trouble. Um, I haven't got enough gaming in to probably get a few of the projects that are planned for the rest of this year across the finish line. So similar to what I'll probably be doing at work this month, it's time to really start thinking about like, okay, let's regroup on what our year end goals are. And I really have to decide like, what do I want to focus on? What are the events that I feel like I can get across the finish line? And then some of the other ones are going to get pushed into 2023. And I would take the same approach at work. There are some goals that are going to get pushed. You know, sometimes you hit more obstacles than you wanted to in delivering projects. And you just have to kind of reestablish a new deadline for them. And I'm going to be doing that with a couple of my projects. Uh, my hockey replay for the Rangers, definitely not on target right now. I'm going to need to push that a little bit. Uh, the second season project that I'm doing for Barry Sanders has not really happened the last couple of months, so that's going to get pushed. 
I think the one that I have still lined up that I'm going to want to focus on getting across the finish line is going to be the uh, Hoops Madness tournament. I think I have a good chance. It's it's scheduled to finish up this month, and that's not going to happen. But I do think I have a chance still to get it wrapped up before the end of the year. And then the other one that I had scheduled to finish in November was my History Maker Golf. Uh, was originally going to be the all-time greats tournament season but i changed that into that all-time great duels and i think the duels format i have a good chance of wrapping that up before the end of the year so that might even be something that i focus on getting across the finish line next month so those are some of the adjustments that i've had to make and now i'm starting to also like look at next year look at the different sets that i have and figure out like which ones do i want to make a priority for next year. Uh, in addition to the projects that are already kind of in flight that really are, we're planned to kind of wrap up for next year. So I've got things like, uh, you know, games that I have not really gotten started with again, like uh, red, white, and blue racing. I'll probably be want a project that I can maybe not wrap up next year, but start working on for next year. Uh, there's, you know, soccer blast. Like I don't, we have to figure out what my next one's going to be for that. And then, you know, looking at some other games, like there's still that kind of lacrosse blast one hanging out for me. And I have to think about how I'm going to get that engaged soon. And that's probably going to end up taking uh, one of my monthly showcases pretty soon. Uh, this month, I my plan was for September to, you know, when I started the year was top of the stretch was going to be my showcase event this month. And then Hoops Madness was going to be the one that I would wrap up. I don't think either one of those is going to happen at this point. I think instead of top of the stretch, I'm going to pull out some Fury Hardball and start the process of getting ready for my next World Cup event. And then I will probably also look at what other project I could do. Is there something smaller that I could bring across the finish line? And I don't know what that will be yet, uh, but I'm going to take a look at some of my other games and figure out like which one might work to wrap up because I don't think I have any projects like longer term projects that are close enough to the finish line to think about wrapping them up for this month. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, August, the two projects that I worked on was the demo derby smashdown. And then of course, soccer blast, I had done the 1977 North American soccer league tournament and that tournament format, I think, worked out well. I, it didn't work out well in terms of, like, the top teams. Like, I was hoping to play some more games with the Cosmos. I was really hoping that the Cosmos would win a couple games, and they lost their only game. So I didn't get a chance to get them onto the tabletop enough. I may end up doing something small with them just to, like, feel like I can play out that team a little bit. And But other than that, like, yeah, pretty much... You know, I thought the format really worked well with kind of that weighted tournament where you worked your way through. Uh, the only disadvantage to it was that, again, I, I ended up playing more games with the lower uh, tier teams than I did with the higher tier teams. So that's something for me to think about a little differently in terms of doing a weighted tournament bracket again. But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, so let's turn our attention then to what I've been focused on these past week or so, which is baseball highlights, the dice game.
So let's talk about baseball highlights, the dice game. Uh, this game, again, designed by Mike Fitzgerald and Ian Bach. Uh, I was able to pick this game up recently at play.com. Baseball highlights, the dice game is, from my understanding, based off of Baseball Highlights 2045, which was designed to be a game in the future of what baseball would look like in the future with humans playing with and against androids. This game is designed to not really to be a baseball simulation in a sense. Uh, you're not playing like it's not like going out and playing, um, you know, Strat or Status Pro or History Maker Baseball. This is much more of a tabletop, almost like a puzzle game to me. Uh, that's really what you're trying to do is think about your strategy. You you have a baseball theme to the puzzle, but you're playing it more like a puzzle. And it's sitting down and trying to think of like, what's the best options that I can do here to kind of solve the puzzle a little bit. I am going to talk mostly about how to play this solitaire since that's how I've been playing it over the past week. But you can play with up to four people. I haven't tried playing against others uh, other than playing this last year at the convention as well. Uh, I had a chance to play it head-to-head -head then, so I know it plays somewhat similarly. The only difference then is instead of going against what is basically an AI uh, opponent, which is what you'll do in the solitaire game, you actually have to playing your strategy against what your opponent is going to do. And you can do that with up to four people. Uh, it says on the game that this takes about 20 minutes to play. And I think that's about right from what I was playing it. So how this game works is you have a, a small scoreboard. There are some basic components here. You have a very small scoreboard that has different results upon it. Uh, those results include a single, double, triple, and a home run, a walk, and a stolen base. Those are the only real um, outcomes that the offense is trying to strive for. There's also a spot for the pitcher, and the pitcher is what basically is, is going to control your defensive uh, output. You then have some markers that just help you mark off where your base runners are. And then you have a bunch of die, and there are three types of die in this game. Uh, it has green die, which are your basic play dice, uh, and these have different results upon them, which include the, I think each one of them is exactly the same, and they feature each of those six outcomes. You have power dice, which look are brown instead of green. The play dice are green, the power dice are brown, the power dice, again, have the same results. You have to earn these, and this just gives you more offensive options as you go through the game. And then there's a red die, which is your pitcher's die. The pitcher's die has a few different outcomes. It has a one-out, double play, triple play, a stolen base, and then no, no outcome. So there's a chance for you to have some... Uh, some outs and basically the number of outs single uh you know one out double play or triple play will eliminate that number of base runners from your from your offense so as you go through this game what you're trying to do is you're trying to take advantage of how many die can i play but 
there's a scorecard that becomes really important in here. And I've actually shared a copy of this on my on my Facebook page, uh, just sharing one of the results of the game. So you can get an idea about what these what the score sheet looks like. But each of those six outcomes, single, double, triple, home run, walk, and stolen base, they have a bunch of outcomes on your chart. And what you're trying to do is as you use the die, you mark off your score sheet. And there are different outcomes that can come from that. Uh, among those is obviously there's like, you'll see on the score sheet, there's some dark green elements where you can actually get those hits. You can get a single, a double, a triple, a home run, a walk, or a stolen base. There is a clutch hitch tracker, which allows you to get some of those bigger hits. Uh, and towards the end of your clutch hitch tracker, you have opportunities for a lot of home runs. Obviously, home runs will and, and bases, everything works like it would in baseball. So that's the one element that feels very much the same as baseball is your, your runners will move around the bases based on the number of bases you've earned. If double, everybody goes two. Triple, everybody goes three. That kind of thing. There's also an opportunity to earn more power die. There's a total of six power die, the brown die, in the game. So you you have the option at the beginning of the game to start with one, and then you earn them as you go through the game. So the more power die you can earn, the better it is the chances of having more chances to score. Now, in a, I'll run you kind of through the basic sequence uh, of the solitaire game. Uh, and what typically will happen in the solitaire game is you start off as the active player where you're going to roll all your die. You're going to put them out onto the game board and you're going to choose which of those hits or which of those outcomes you want to go after. Uh, so you might have to make some decisions. Like if you only have like one double and five triples, you probably want to pick the triples because more die means more chances for outcomes. The other thing you're trying to do is think a little strategically about uh, your AI opponent and the way that the uh, hits fits team, which is your AI opponent, they're going to score at the end of the turn based on wherever the most die exists on the board. So if something has a lot of die in it, you don't want to leave that on the board because that's going to be runs for your opponent. So you run through your active turn and one of the things you're trying to do is there are some potential bonus opportunities that you can have. And you can get a bonus opportunity at the end of your active turn or at the end of your non-active turn. They have to be, you have to land on those at the end of that turn. So sometimes you might look and you might say, okay, to get to the bonus triple, I need three spots. If I have three triples on the board, I might want to grab that because that means not only do I get the triple, but I get a bonus triple on top of that. And that's what the bonus move does is it basically, it will double up whatever result it is. If it's the, you, know, you get one for, there's a couple of opportunities to get it for singles, for doubles, for triples, uh, for home runs, walks, stolen base. I think each one of those has two bonus moves on its track. So you're going to first do your active turn. You're going to try to figure out which of those you want to take first. Then you have an inactive turn or non-active turn, and you're going to look at the board and pick at least up to two options that where they still have die. So let's say that double, you only had one on it, 
you might want to use that and pick one double spot on the doubles track. And that could lead to other combination moves. Because as you go through your doubles track, like for instance, there might be an, an inactive move on there that says triple. And that doesn't mean you get a triple. It means you're going to mark off another spot on your triples track. And that in turn might lead to some other actions. So you, you're trying to play for these combination moves a lot of times. And the combination moves start to become really powerful because you can trigger off a bunch of things. And the more spots you can use on each of these tracks, the better your opportunities are going to be to score. You also have to think a little bit strategically about what the pitcher is going to do. So when you roll your die for your start of your turn, you're going to know what the pitcher outcome is going to be. So like in the beginning, if I roll a blank and I know the pitcher's not going to have any impact, then I can kind of set my turn up to load up the bases and try to get as many base runners on base as I can because I know I won't lose any of them to the pitcher. On the other hand, though, if the pitcher rolls a triple play, I'm going to do the best I can to avoid having people on base because everybody on base is going to get lost to the pitcher. So those are some of the things you have to think about strategically on your turns. Now, again, at the end, in the inactive turn, you get to pick up to two places on the board that have die available to you, and you can mark off those on your board. And if one of those happens to be a bonus spot and you do it on the second of those two inactive moves, then you get that bonus play as well. So your job is to try to score as many runs as you can each turn. Now, in the solitaire game, you get a total of six rounds, so six turns. At the end of that, once you're finished with all your active moves and once the pitcher has made their moves, you're then going to pull all your power dice that you have available, and you're going to re-roll those, and that's going to eliminate, you know, let's say I roll like, again, I roll that double, then I'm going to take that one double off the board again. That helps prevent opportunities for the hits fits team to score runs against you. So this is another place where the power die can be really helpful because not only is it giving you more offensive opportunities, but the more power die you have available, the better your chances are to eliminate die on the board. And I had at least a couple turns, usually late in the game, where I was able to eliminate all the die on the board. And then when it comes time to count hits Fitz's runs you have to take the spot that has the most runs available and if there's nothing on the board then they're not going to score runs the other thing you're doing at the beginning of your turn is you're also rolling one of those power die to determine where your defense will take place uh your defense against hits fits because remember the pitcher's defense is against you but you roll one of the power die and let's say i roll like walk excuse me, the walk will then be blocked for hits fits. So if I have like five die in that walk spot, fits hits can't take it. And those die are not available to fits hits. So sometimes you're going to try to plan your strategy around that as well, knowing that if I've got that defended and hits fits can't use it, if it doesn't work for me, at least I don't have to worry about all those die going and becoming runs against me. And that's how a turn plays. And then you go through in the solo game up to six turns. And I believe the number of turns depends on the number of teams. So I think if you're playing solo, 
or if you're playing head to head, it's going to be a total of six turns the game. Uh, you go down to four turns if you're playing with three people, and you go down to three turns if you're playing with four people. And that probably just has to do with the resource management because there's then, you know, harder and harder to get runs when you have that many teams, I think. Again, not having played it, but that would be my guess is that the reason it's limited is just based on the number of resources that are available then to everybody. And that's how the game is basically played. You are really just trying to think through, and I think as I've been playing this now, I've, I've ended up playing about eight or nine games. The first few, I definitely was not following the rules the right way. I will be totally honest there. But even in the last couple of games, as I reread the rules and having played it a couple of times and was then understanding what it was explaining to me, I am still trying to figure out now strategically what's the best approach. You know, there's definitely something to taking the most die, but I also have to really be th more thoughtful because there's times where I'm like, oh, the most die is over here. Let me get those because I don't want hits fits to take them. And then I realized, like, because I took those die, I'm really wasting a lot of good bonus opportunities throughout my game. And, and those are things that you want to be very careful of as you go through this game. So it is very much a puzzle, especially playing solitaire. It felt very much like a puzzle because I'm really just trying to always um, outscore this imaginary opponent. And to do so, I have to really think about how to use the die. And yes, there's some randomization there. There is a little bit of luck involved because you are rolling all these die and I may not get the die that I want. Um, I might get everything pretty balanced and I might be like forced into taking something that's going to cost me a bonus move. So there is a little bit of that element to it where you are going to have to just, you know, hope that you get lucky with the die. You also have to hope that you get lucky with the pitcher die. And there were some games where I got very lucky and the pitcher's die never came up with a double play or a triple play. Um, and it's a lot easier to manage your base runners when you're not losing them to the pitcher. I've also had games where it was coming up with triple plays and double plays all the time, and it was really hard to get runs across the board. So there is a luck element to this game. But at the same time, the strategic element is really just understanding how to make those combination plays happen on your scorecard. So what's really cool about this game is footprint is pretty small. You obviously need a good amount of place to roll die because you can be rolling, uh, let's see, three. I think you have seven play die. No, nine play die. Sorry, nine play die, six power die, and a pitcher's die. It's a lot of dice to have to roll. So you probably want like a good um, tray to put all those dice in. Uh, you need a decent sized one to get like that many die out. Like a lot of like the dice towers that you might have may not even be enough to like get all those die roll together. Uh, but or you need a nice solid place on your on your table to be able to roll that many die. But other than that, the. The actual game board is very small, and almost everything runs off of the scorecard. Uh, you need the game board just to kind of organize the die after you roll them so you know where everything lies, but pretty much everything else is going to happen on that scorecard. And, you know, this is one of those games that really makes you appreciate a game that is designed to play off of a scorecard. Uh, you know, there's other games out there, like the first one that comes to mind is obviously Fast Drive Football. 
Uh, when I play fast drive football, there's really no need for much else other than the scorecard because so much of the action takes place on the scorecard and, and that and a way to track like what place I am on the field uh, is about all that I really need. Right. So um, that's it. Like it's a very simple game uh, when you can put everything on the scorecard and kind of run the game from the scorecard. So I really like that aspect of it. Admit uh, gives it a small footprint other than the die. There's a lot of die, um, but it's it's a fun game. It's and it's it, it is very much a puzzle type game. So if you get a chance, baseball highlights the dice game. Uh, definitely recommend it. It's a nice change of pace. Uh, like that, it's a sports theme puzzle, right? So now, like I would probably group this with more of my non-sports games, but at the same time, because it has that sports theme, I figure it's worth talking about here and. Uh, just a really nicely designed game. The graphics are really cool, and it's a fun little game. Just to, And if you're playing it solitaire, it's a great way to spend some time. Um, I could definitely see this being one of the ones that I take traveling with me because I don't need to have all my trackers and keeping track of stats and everything. It's just I just need the puzzle, and I just have to be able to play it out on my tabletop. So baseball highlights, the dice game by Mike Fitzgerald and Ian Bach is a good recommendation. All right, let's come back in a second and wrap up today's episode. All right, that's a wrap on today's show where we covered baseball highlights, the dice game, and talk a little bit about where we are from, from where I am from a project planning standpoint and Getting back to that idea of retrospectives, you know, it's always good to reflect on your projects, always good to re reflect on, for me, the past month and how the gaming has gone, and that helps me set the direction for the future. So, took a little look at that. Uh, next week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about two options, fast action cards or dice. Which ones do you prefer and why? Uh, we're going to dive into both, talk about where they work best, talk about some of the games where they are utilized, both, and and we'll just discuss that. Like, which way do you prefer to go, fast action cards or dice? If you have any questions, uh, reach out to me via email, tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. Keep up with the show and what I'm doing on my tabletop on my Facebook page. Uh, that's that tabletop sportcast and if you want to help support the podcast go on to patreon.com backslash tabletop sportcast and also tell your friends tell your fellow gamers just let people know about the podcast let's see if we can continue to grow the audience here in year two until then hope you're able to find some time to game and get out there and play some games and just enjoy it and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.